Would you guys pray with me? Lord, today we start a new series on learning to live beyond ourselves. And Lord, in order for that to happen, we need your help. We need to have you transform us from the inside out. So I pray that through this series, even today, Lord, that you would take my meager words and do something important in all of our lives. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, we say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Epic, everyone. Glad that you are here as we start this new series. You should have a rubber band on your seat. I ask you to grab that real quick. And this rubber band does have a purpose in the service today. Um, I'll get to the purpose towards the end of the service, but here's what you can do with it during the service. If someone next to you falls asleep, (laughs) just pop them, okay? If you're drifting off, During the service, just go ahead and pop it one time for yourself. It'll wake you back up, get you connected with what we're talking about. It'll be a good thing. Now, don't be putting any eyeballs out or, you know, like shooting it at anybody during the service. Just hold on to it. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But I've asked you to grab your Bibles and turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. In our paperback Bibles, it's found on page 898. And something that I say on a regular basis here is if you don't have a Bible at home, please take one of these Bibles as our free gift to you. We've given away many Bibles and would love for everyone to have access to God's thoughts captured in print for us. So if you need a Bible, take a Bible with you. Now hold your finger there in that place and we're going to get to that passage in just a moment. But as we begin today, I have a few questions for you. How many sports fans do we have here? Anybody, you like sports, hold your hand up high, you like watching sports, you like participating in sports, all that is kind of fun, cool stuff. Great, keep your hands up. Now, how many of you love to watch the Olympics? Okay, any more hands going up? If your hand's not up for the Olympics, you're just not American or something. (laughs) Something's wrong with you. You should have your hand up. All right, you can put your hands down. Now, when the Olympics come around, my family loves watching the Olympics. We are, we are just Olympic fans, and we think that the Olympics shouldn't be every four years. It should be like every month because it's such a cool thing to watch. And this year, my kids made their own t-shirts. So each child made their own design t-shirts, you know, Olympics, London, 2012, and they're proudly wearing their shirts around. It was really cool. Even my seven-year-old son made little notes that said USA on it, and he glued it to popsicle sticks. And when USA was doing whatever USA was doing, he's in there cheering going, USA, USA. It's really kind of a cool experience. We as a family are inspired by the Olympics. In fact, four years ago, in the last Summer Olympics, we had our own Olympics in the backyard. It was really cool. We had all kinds of competitions. We had the trampoline jump. You may not have seen that. It probably wasn't televised on this Olympics, but we had that in our house. We had the jump rope. We had the frisbee toss. And we had all kinds of other events that we all participated in. And my wife made 
uh, medallions for each one that could win. So we had a gold medallion and a, a silver and a bronze. And when the, whatever that event was done, uh, we would step up on the podium and get our medals. And it was just a really cool experience. And I think I got a bronze in the trampoline jump and like I was beaten out by my three-year-old and five-year-old. But, you know, I medaled. It was a great experience for me to represent our country in that moment. But as much as I love the Olympics, as much as I love to watch the Olympics, it does not compare for me to be involved in whatever sport is being played on TV. Now, there's a lot of sports I watch on the Olympics. I'm like, I could never do that. But there's something that stirs in me when I'm watching an athletic event that I want to go do. It's not okay to just watch. Watching is, it's okay. It's especially cool when you're watching Olympians do what only Olympians can do. But even watching that kind of pales for me. I would rather go out and be involved in something than to just sit and watch. My two oldest girls are on the volleyball team at the high school here, and I love to watch them play. But I played volleyball in high school and college, and I know you can't tell because I'm only 5'8", but really it's true. I did. And I love watching my girls play, but something happens in me when I'm sitting in the stands. My stomach's turning, my muscles are twisting. I'm just like, I just want to get out there and play with them and help. It looks so much fun out there. There's a few things that hold me back from doing that. You know, I I don't look like a teenage girl. At least I hope I don't. And uh, if you've seen the spandex they wear, I'm thinking no guy should wear that. It's just, should just be off limits for men. When our church picnics happen, I love all aspects of that. I love when we get together and hang out and eat and we're going to just have a time of, of fellowship and spending time getting to know each other better. And then I know there's at some point someone's going to say, okay, everybody, if you want to participate, we're going to go over to this field and we're going to do something, some crazy sport that we're going to do, ultimate frisbee, extreme kickball, soccer, volleyball, something. And then for a few days after that, I will walk with a limp because I hurt so bad, my muscles hurt, uh, and I love the hurt. My kids usually ask, was it worth it? And my answer is yes, you know, it, it is worth it. The pain that I experience is worth it because I love participating in any kind of athletic event. That's how I feel about church. I love what happens in church. I love participating in church. I love being involved in church. I would much rather be involved in what's going on in church with all that goes along with that than to sit on the sidelines and just watch. Now, my wife and I have been in ministry for 12 years now, and there are moments that we daydream about what it would be like to climb up into the stands and to cheer somebody else on. You know, there are moments, you know, you probably have them in your own life where just a moment of frustration, you go, man, I just wish somebody else would do this. And I have those moments too. And there's moments I, I just daydream for a moment with my wife about what would it be like for somebody else to lead the charge, for somebody else to make the decisions that need to be made, for somebody else to resolve the conflict that might be there, for somebody else to, to show up early and leave, eight, leave late. What would that be like? And we daydream for a moment and think, wow, kind of a cool little fantasy. And then we snap out of it and go, what are we thinking? I mean, I wouldn't want to be sitting in the bleachers. I don't want to be up in the stands. I mean, the funnest thing that happens in the stands to me is you get to eat an overpriced hot dog and get indigestion. 
I mean, that's the funnest thing that happens there. The action is always on the field. And I want to be where the action is. This past Thursday and Friday, over 20 of us went up to an event held in Jacksonville. It was simulcasted in, satellited in, an event called the Global Leadership Summit. And this is a leadership development uh, conference that's been put on for a number of years now. I've been going for the past 12 years. And uh, one of the things that happened for me when I first went to this conference 12 years ago was I heard a, a man by the name of Bill Hybels. He was a pastor, still is the pastor of Willow Creek Church up in South Barrington, Illinois. And he helped coordinate this event. And he said in one of his talks, the local church is the hope of the world. And when I heard that, I was very confused. I wasn't quite sure what to do with that. You see, my parents had had me involved in church since as long as I can remember, since before I can remember. I've, I've been around church world. And what I noticed in church world was that it was the place for leftovers. It was a place that people would give God their leftovers. I would watch people charge the hill in the marketplace or in academics or in athletics, and they would accomplish some amazing things. And then if they had anything left over, they would consider giving a portion of that to God. And so I grew up being tempted to believe that the church only deserved my leftovers, that the best that it could get would be anything that I might have left over because real success was out there in the marketplace. Real success was someone who could cram a bunch of letters behind their name. Real success was someone who had a position of power and influence in their job, had, you know, had a busy schedule, had a lot of people answering to them. That was real success. Someone who drove a nice car, lived in a nice house, that was success to me. And the church, I believed, was just the place of leftovers. I'd never heard the church described as the hope of the world. I'd never seen it that way before. So when I heard that, it forced me to re-examine what the Bible says about the church. So I found a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, that says, this is Apostle Paul talking, and he says, the church is the pillar and foundation of the truth. The church. It's the pillar and it's the foundation of this thing that we call truth. It's been entrusted with the greatest message in the world, a message that can transform an individual's life, that can transform a family's life, can transform a community, it can transform a nation, it can transform a world. The church has been entrusted with this message. And get the simplicity of this message. Jesus, God in the flesh, died so people can live. And what do you have to do to receive that thing that the Bible calls salvation? Is believe. It's a free gift. This gift costs God everything. It costs you and I nothing except belief in it. And God offers this thing to us and says, listen, I know you don't deserve it. You don't. You don't deserve it. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's a free gift to you. If you think about all the conflict that goes around in our world that centers around Christianity, that's the message that people either love or hate. That's the message that wars are fought over. 
That's the message that causes all kinds of tension in our world, a message that a God of love extends to each one of us, a free gift that we can receive if we want. We don't have to if we don't want it. That's the message that the church has been entrusted with, a message that can transform lives. It's a precious message. Now, when the Bible talks about the church, it's not talking about a building. It's not talking about four walls and a space. It's talking about a group of people who have given their hearts to Jesus, a group of people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior and say, listen, I want to become more like Jesus every day. I'm going to follow Jesus. Wherever Jesus goes, I'm going to follow him. Whatever Jesus does, I'm going to do that. That's what the Bible talks about when it talks about the church. Bible actually describes this group of people as the bride of Christ. Kind of a strange description for us. But the Bible says if you're a believer in Jesus, you're part of the bride of Christ. Now to Ephesians chapter five. You flip open in your Bibles there. We're gonna see a glimpse of that description. We're also going to see how Jesus feels about his bride, which again is the church. We're going to start in verse 25. Ephesians 5, 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now here's how Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy, without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, But it's an illustration of something else. It's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So Jesus was so in love with the church that he came to die for her. Jesus didn't give the church his leftovers. He didn't charge another hill and say, hey, I got a little bit left over here for you. Jesus gave his best to the church the best that he had to offer, which was his life. Now, I want you to imagine with me saying to God something that many Christ followers have said to God for many years, myself included. I've said this, things like this to God in the past. Sometimes we say things like, God, I think you're the greatest. I think you are amazing. I'm I'm into you, God. I'd love to hang out with you. I'd love to spend time with you. I think, God, that you are the bomb. Not quite sure you say that to God, but maybe you do. But God, I'm not that into your bride. God, I love you. I'm into you, but I'm not that into the church. I'm not that into your bride. Now, if someone were to say that to me in reference to my wife, we would have a problem. <laughs> my wife and I are a package deal. You know, we, we go together. I'd lay my life down for her. She is the cream of the crop. 
She's the tip of the top. She's the hostess with the mostess. I mean, she is the bomb. And someone comes up to me and goes, Trent, I think you're cool. Love to hang out with you, but you know, your wife, not really into her. Well, hey, if you don't want to hang out with my wife, you don't want to hang out with me because we go together. That's how Jesus feels about the church. Jesus loves the church. But again, we push back on that a little bit and we say to God, you know, God, your bride, she's kind of critical. She's kind of full of hypocrites. No one really wants to be around her all the time because of what happens sometimes within the church. Your bride used to be so beautiful, but she's not that beautiful anymore. Sometimes she's a little outdated in some of the ways that she acts and how she interacts with people. And here's what I think God's response would be to us. I think he would say, hey, look in the mirror. You are the bride. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are the bride that Jesus died for. And I think God would say to us, as you look in the mirror, if you think the church isn't as beautiful as it should be, then put some makeup on. Like do something with your hair, if you have any. (laughs) Don't give the church your leftovers. Give her the best that you have to offer so she can be what I designed her to be, which is the hope of the world. Again, Jesus left the splendor of heaven to come to earth to die for the church. Jesus is the hope of the world. And again, he's entrusted to the church this message that can transform the world. And God graciously invites all of us to play a significant role in what he's doing in the world through churches. You have a role to play. You have a spot to fill. You've got something significant to do that will contribute to what God is doing through local churches. Now, I'm going to invite a friend of mine up to the stage. Miss Renee Shevlin is going to join me on the stage for just a moment. And she's going to share with us um, some encounters that she's had with God here recently, some conversations that she's had with the Creator. She had the privilege of going with us to. Costa Rica two years ago, then Guatemala this past year. And while on this Guatemalan trip this past year, God and her had some deeper level conversations about uh, her participation with the bride of Christ. And so I just would like Ms. Renee to share with us. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, Last year, I went to Costa Rica and wasn't really sure why I went, but it sounded like a good thing. And I wanted more of what God had to offer, so I jumped in. And between last year and this year, it's been a very slow progression of, uh, Trent mentioned it last week, see a need, fill a need. And so my life this past year has been all about seeing a need, filling a need at home, at work, especially here at church. And uh, this year, we went to Guatemala, and, uh, and oh, wow, boy, did God open my eyes. Um, Back in February, we as a church did a gleaning, and uh, part of, uh, I I got to deliver several bags of fruit to different organizations, but one of them was Grace Community Church. And so we pulled up, my daughter and I pulled up Sunday, and there were cars and cars and cars and a very well-oiled operation where they were just 
loading cars up with food. And so the pastor was very gracious and gave us a quick little tour and explained their program, and I loved it. It was a, God planted a seed with me. And so I came back to church, and I'm on the local missions team, and was very excited about it and told my leader, and she was real excited about it, and we went back and met with the pastor and thought it was a really great thing to get involved in. And so uh, she asked me if I would uh, jump in and spearhead it, and I graciously said, no thanks. Because I, like many others, um, I, I want to be part of the church, but I don't want to take the lead. Uh, I want to come on Sunday and reap the benefits of worshiping, but I don't really want to do my part. And so that was a little whisper that I ignored. And uh, the trip in, in Guatemala this year was that that country is poor. And those people were hungry. Those children were hungry. And, um, and to see the love and the joy and the happiness in those people's face that, I don't know if they really know they're poor, but they, they were gracious and joyful. And uh, at the end of the day, we would come in and we would debrief and talk about how God, what did, where did you see God today or how did God speak to you today? And, um, you know, I'm kind of a slow learner, and I don't always pay attention to God's little nudges or his whispers. And oftentimes he gets my attention by smacking me upside the head. And by serving those people that particular day, uh, I felt God, I heard God, I was convicted. I was convicted to, uh, I can't just be a part of, I am going to spearhead that lead. I am going to jump in and, uh, and participate and take the lead of feeding those hungry people here in uh, Flagler County, here in Palm Coast. Um, there's a need. There's a need, and I was convicted. And as Trent's been saying this morning, that we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And so what I can tell you is that I heard God, and I... Uh, want to be a part of and and jump in and what I realize is that it begins right here at home. Um, we I have a responsibility and my responsibility is to pay attention and do my fair share. So uh, it begins at church. It begins by helping set up. You can break down. We can serve coffee. We can help with the children. We can say hello. But. But I, I heard God loud and clear that day, and that is that it begins with me, one small act of kindness. It begins with me, and uh, I want to be uh, the hands and feet of Jesus, and I want to be the church, and I want to be. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm spearheading the food drive, the um, we're partnership with uh, Grace Community Church. We have uh, food and clothing outside, and more is going to be revealed but I can tell you that uh, I'm excited, and I invite you to quietly pray and just see where you can fill a need and join here at, at Palm Coast. So thank you for being part of my story. Thank you, Renee. Thank you. Well, thanks, Renee, for sharing your story. It takes people, amazing people like Renee, to step up and do what only God can do through a local church. And when the church does what God designed the church to do, it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing to watch the church in action. 
And we here, you'll see our tagline on the back of our shirt, we're a church for people who don't do church. And the reality is we don't want to just do church. We want to actually be the church. We want to figure out how to be the church in this community. Every time I look around at Epic, I see amazing people doing amazing things. I had the privilege of setting up this morning with our prep team. And if you've not seen this room, uh, not like this, it's very much not like this when we come in at 7 o'clock. And there's a team of people that comes in and lays the carpet here and sets all these curtains up and sets the screens up and hangs all the lights and the projectors and does an amazing job of transforming this whole building into a church where we can engage God and learn about God and grow. There's a team of people that that works on connections that helps to create a welcome environment where somebody coming in can feel welcome and maybe say, you know, this is a place that I could possibly hang out and explore a deeper relationship with God. We've got an amazing group of people that work with our children's ministry, and it's not about daycare. It's not about babysitting that happens back there. It's a group of people that pour their lives into children with the purpose and understanding that if a child comes to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior at a young age, it will transform the way they live forever. And so they have a passion and purpose for what they do when they interact with children. I look at all of our teams. We are our student ministry, Surge, our worship team. There are many more teams, amazing people doing amazing things. And the reality is, as we continue to grow as a church, we need more amazing people to be involved in what God is doing through this local church. And you have a part to play. On your seat should have been the rubber band. So it's time for rubber band conversations. So grab that real quick. And recently, I have been contemplating the purpose of rubber bands. So you can tell that um, either I have a lot of free time or I don't think very deeply, and I'm a very simple man. So, um, so here you go. Here's the inside of my little pea brain. So we think about a rubber band. The purpose of rubber bands are to stretch and hold things together. That's what they do. That's their purpose in life. A rubber band that does not stretch and hold things together doesn't really work. It doesn't do what it was designed by the designer to do. So take your rubber band and stretch it just a little bit. That's the position that a rubber band was designed to work, to stretch and hold things together. Now, try to do this without hurting yourself, putting an eye out or hurting somebody else next to you. Stretch it a lot, okay? All right, that position is not a position that the rubber band was designed for, to be overstretched. Overstretched, it'll snap and wear out early. But back in its normal position, it will last like that for quite a significant time. It'll serve its purpose, do what it was designed to do in that position. You and I were designed by God to be like this rubber band. God designed us to stretch a little bit and to hold things together. God doesn't want us overstretched. He wants us stretched enough so that we can hold things together and do what God has designed us to do. So what is going to happen in this series is I think God's going to stretch us a little bit. God's going to challenge us to look at the church differently, to have a different perspective of the church. Maybe you've looked at the church as a place of leftovers in your life, but God's got a different picture of the church than than what many of us have seen in our lives. I think God is going to challenge us to be heavily involved in the greatest thing going on on planet earth. And that's the local church. 
You'll never regret your involvement in a local church. The reality is one day we will all stare into the eyes of a holy God when our time on this earth is, is finished and you will not regret one moment that you spent with the bride of Christ. There's not one moment that you'll look back on your life and go, man, I wish I would have spent more time at work. I wish I would have done this more. I wish I would have you know, spent more time in that hobby I love. You'll never say that. You look into the eyes of a holy God and you'll be grateful for the time that you spent around the body of Christ. Now I'm gonna let a few people off the hook today and in this series, okay? So if you are new, either you're just checking God out for the first time and you're not even sure God is real and, and you're here going, ah, be involved in what? I don't even know if God exists. If you're in that spot, I understand and I'm glad you're here. I hope you'll stay with us and I hope that you'll find this to be a place that you can explore a relationship with God at a deeper level. If you're just kind of new to this church, you're looking for a church home and you're new, great, we're glad you're here. Hang out with us long enough that you need to determine whether this is your church home or not and then I encourage you to dive in. Another group that I will excuse is if you are coming from another church and you have been wounded there, I encourage you to heal up. Use this place and this space and this time to do some healing in your life. If you come here and you try to get real active in serving right away before you heal up, you're going to pour out stuff that's not good. It's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for the people that you are serving. So do whatever you need to do to heal up. If you need to go talk to someone who may have hurt you, if you need to talk with, with me or someone else on staff or one of our great volunteers around here, just have a conversation. Do whatever is necessary to heal up and get back in the game. Get back involved in the local church. You'll never regret it again for all of eternity. Again, for the rest of us throughout this series, uh, I'm just gonna challenge us. I'm gonna ask God to stretch us and ask God to show us ways that we can be involved in what God is doing here through this local church. Now, our worship team's gonna come up and they're gonna guide us out in a closing song this morning. Actually, they're gonna guide us out in one of the songs that we sang this morning, Holding Nothing Back. And I encourage you, as you sing this morning and reflect on the words of this song, really just spend some time allowing this to be a prayer for you. There are moments when I sing on Sunday mornings that I'm singing because there are words on a screen and I'm distracted by life. And often what happens for me is those songs and those words draw my attention in and up to the Creator. And that's what I hope happens for you um, as, as we wrap up today. Allow these words to become a prayer that you pray to our great God. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the privilege that we have to be a part of the body of Christ. Lord, this, the statement and the reality that the local church is the hope of the world, Lord, is so true. Jesus, you are the hope of the world. And you've entrusted to your bride, to local churches, the greatest message that could ever be shared with anyone. And Lord, you ask us to transform our community, which then it will in turn transform a nation and can transform a world. So Lord, I pray for all of us in this series that we would learn to live beyond ourselves. That we would learn to live the way Jesus lived that you would show us that place that you have for us in serving through a local church, which is the hope of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo!
How many people wanted Brandon just to do like a woo at the end right there? Have a seat, please. Have a seat, everybody. Relax for a few more minutes, and then we'll get you out of here. So good morning to you. Thank you again to our wonderful worship team. You know, like we were talking, I mean, um, our worship team is here because God has blessed them with some talents that they want to pour back into their home church here. And we just appreciate them that they do this. I mean, they're not paid to do this or anything. They do this because um, they're pretty darn talented and we enjoy it. So thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And speaking about our home church, oh, round of applause. Yeah, nice, nice. Thank you. Um... And speaking about home church, I've been here since the beginning. A lot of us have come over from uh, another church and helped start over here. And I'm just so, so proud to be part of this epic church for people, uh, you know, church for people who don't do church. It's just so cool to hear a message like that today from Trent. Um, and I just want to say something. We get up here and we do announcements every week and we talk about things like giving. And I'll just, I shoot straight from the hip and people that know me know that I don't mess around. And the bottom line is this. We're moving to a bigger building because we are growing, and that's fantastic. Um, the, you know, the realty building was great for us. They were unable to rent it, and we're moving, and everything's going to be great. But you know, we've got lights, and we've got salaries, and we've got equipment, and we've got things that we want to buy for our kids' ministries and stuff like that. And the way we do that is because people that call this home decide to give out of the goodness of their heart and their willingness to give back. So if you've made that decision to support Epic Church, there's two ways you can do that. You can just go online to theepicchurch.com and go to the giving tab. Through eGive, you can give electronically, or you can give through, we have a giving box on the side inside the worship room and just outside those doors over there. So like I said, it's kind of blunt for some people, but the bottom line is, hey, it's needed. So we got to pay the bills around here, right? Does everybody know Epic Surge? Epic Surge is our middle school and high school ministry. And they do a lot of great things over there, Robin and Cody Anderson and some of the people that hang out with them and help them. Um, They are having a guys' night out this Friday night down in Daytona. They're taking their kids to a Daytona Cubs game. So if you are interested in, as a parent, saying that, hey, maybe I got a minivan, I can fit some kids, I'm going to bring my son, or my kid just wants to go, go to Facebook and go to Epic Surge, the, their, their page right there. You can, if you can't find it, go to Epic Church, and you'll find the Epic Surge page. But send Cody a message that you're interested in going, and, and he'll reach out to you, and you guys can talk back and forth. and be a great time for the kids over there, just something they like to do, uh, just to have fun sometimes. Now, Renee was up here talking about uh, the food pantry. Do you know that Grace Community Food Pantry, they, they feed over 1,500 families a month. 1,500 families in Flagler County a month. That's huge. So we'd love to give back to them a little bit more. So if you're interested in doing that, as you walked in the door, you probably saw the, the clothes and the food over there, non-perishable food items, um, some clothes that are moderately worn or whatnot. They'll take anything, really, anything that you can give. And if you don't have anything you can give and maybe you're willing to buy, you're in a position where, oh, I could buy a few things. If you go to our webpage, theepichurch.com, there actually is a page of some necessities, some frequently asked for items. You can go on there and look at those and say, well, I don't have these things, but I'm willing to buy a few of those items. They'll be there for you to look at and, and uh, purchase. Uh, one of the other things I want to tell you about is September 29th, Habitat for Humanity. We've been talking about Guatemala, Costa Rica. We're putting up houses. We're building. We're doing all sorts of stuff out of the country. Well, you know what? We don't just you know, talk. We, we do the walk. We are doing something in Flagler County as well. We reach outside the country. We do things right inside our own county here. So if you want to get signed up to build a house for uh, uh, people in need right here in Flagler County, September 29th, we're going to do that. You can go to theepicchurch.com and sign up under the Involve tab. It'll walk you through. It's nice and easy. Now, we have two services left. Correct, Trent? 
Two services left in this building before we move to a larger worship room. We're going we're gonna to have a not going to share a wall with our kids that are having a ball over there and we just hear their joy coming over and pouring out into our room. They're going to have some classrooms. They won't be too far away. They'll still be close, but it's going to be a very exciting time. But with that comes moving all of this stuff. So September 2nd will be our first service over there, but August 26th, we are going to have a bunch of trucks out front and at the end of the service, we're going to say goodbye to our realty building, but we're going to load those trucks. So if you can fit it in your calendar and you can just put it on there, hey, I'll give an hour or two. It's a great time to fellowship with some people you don't really know too well and also just kind of give back a little bit. So we'd love to see you on the 26th helping us move over and putting our stuff back over there. Um, last thing is, I'm up here rambling on. Let me just add, let me show a hands. Who out in the audience does not know who I am? Really hasn't met me before. Is any, I'm sorry, there's, sorry, I see a gentleman right here in glasses. Would you come up here, please? <laughs> my tech team freaked out the first service when I did this because uh, I wasn't uh, really planning on this and didn't tell anybody. Just come on up over here. Just watch your step right here. Can I get you up over here? What is your name, sir? Jack Norman. This is Jack Norman. Well, Jack, I'm Chris. And uh, how long have you been coming to Epic, Jack? This is my first time. You're kidding me. <laughs> let me, Jack, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I did this first service, and I, I pulled the lady up here. It was her first time. And she promised me it wasn't going to be her last time. So I hope it's not going to be your last time. Are you from Flagler County? Just moved here. Just moved here. From where? West Virginia. Oh, welcome. Welcome. Fantastic. Well, like I said, my name is Chris. I come with my wife, Melissa. I have two boys, Joshua and Christopher. We've been here since the beginning. And, uh, you know, we, we're originally from up on Long, I- Long Island, if anybody knows Long, Long Island. But we're Florida now. We've been here quite some time. But you see how I did that? I was kind of uncomfortable at first because Jack and I didn't know one another, but we are a church family, folks. So when, we're, when we ask you at the end of a service to meet and greet somebody, that's how it's done. And I'm so happy that Jack was willing to come up here. He says, hey, man, let's give Jack a hand for willing to come up here. All right. Thanks, Jack. Watch yourself on the way down. There we go. Our worship team is going to rock us on the way out. As you guys get up, do what Jack and I just did. Have a little conversation with somebody you don't know. All right, Epic. Have a good one.